Hello everyone, today is September 10th, 2015. I'm your podcast host, Client Manager John Niggle of InTouch Manufacturing Services. InTouch is a American-owned company headquartered in Shenzhen, China that specializes in everything from QC product inspections to factory audits, social compliance, and sourcing. My guest today is Chao Wang. He was born in Xi'an, China, moved to Boston, Massachusetts, 13 or 15 years old? 13. 13 years old and grew up in Boston ever since. He's been with InTouch for about two years now. And he's going to be talking with us a little bit about why buyers would sometimes ship an order even though a product inspection result is fail. So welcome, Chao. Thank you, John. This is a podcast episode based on an earlier article that you wrote. And I guess a good place to start is, are orders of product flawless sometimes? Is it the buyer, sometimes they get perfect orders, sometimes they're not perfect and they need inspection. How does that usually pan out? Well, it's funny you ask this question. In the manufacturing industry, a perfect inspection is actually only 97%. So if you have a perfect inspection, there still will be 3% of defects that get passed through. So to answer your question, no, there's never a perfect shipment for any of our clients. So basically, they should actually expect to find defects in pretty much every order that they ship. Is that right? Right, exactly. There's nothing's perfect in the world. And I think also it's important to mention here that even if an inspection of a sample of product finds no issues, no quality defects. Because it's only a sample of the entire order, that doesn't mean that the buyer will find the entire order to be perfect. It just means that that particular sample size was sort of free of defects and issues. Right, that's exactly it. One of the things you talked about in your article about reasons why the product inspection result might not dictate whether or not the order should ship was differences in product inspection standards, those used by the inspection company, the inspection staff, and those that the buyer might accept. Can you kind of tell us a little bit about that? What usually happens is generally our clients would give us a, a standard of what they expect from all the products. But often case, a client would just tell us they want good quality products, but they don't really give anything specific. And that's when we use our own standards to inspect the products. When this happens, our inspectors are trained to find all issues that does not conform with our client's requirements. When client doesn't give us those requirements, they try to find every little issue and report them. This way, our clients can review the reports and based on his judging of the products, and he can choose to accept the shimmer or not. Right. I can think of an example from a client of mine that was manufacturing garments in China, and they didn't provide tolerances for sizing. So when we measured dimensions for the garments, we applied our own standard, which in some cases it could be too lax, in some cases it could be too strict. But to your point, this is an example of where the client, the buyer, did not provide the standard tolerance. And so we were forced to use our own. Is that something that you see pretty often yourself? Yeah, there are those very technical clients, but there are also those clients who just recently started sourcing from China. So they they source different products, so they may not know all the technical information regarding every product they source. And that's when they rely on our technical experience. When we go inspect these products, we try to be very specific. And this is usually where the non-conformance came from. 
Yeah, and I agree that not applying a standard provided by the buyer is more common with, with new clients or those that are new to manufacturing. The next point that you mentioned in your article was defect severity. So maybe we find a defect that we think is serious, but the buyer doesn't. Is that right? Yes, oftentimes that happens. Okay, so can you tell us maybe an example of that that you see maybe in an inspection report that the buyers clarified with you later, like, oh, this isn't really a big deal or it is a big deal, and they want you to report that specifically in the future? There are many cases where the client believes that a lot of the information we have on the report is not necessary. But our inspector, again, always reports everything, even minor discrepancies, dimensions, for example. If it's a couple of millimeters off the tolerance, we have to report that because it's off the tolerance. There's a reason why there are tolerances. So if it's off, we will report it. But for the clients, if it's not very technical products, not like actual components, it's a consumer product, the dimensions may not be that important to them. So if it's off by a few millimeters, they probably won't care. Right. And when it comes to the defects themselves, you know, not being out, not necessarily a product being outside of tolerance for a particular dimension, but when it comes to a specific product defect, like in cookware, we might see a dent in the enamel of a enamel coated cookware. I think you've worked with some glass cookware products or ceramic products where there might be a defect on the surface and you take a photo of it or the inspector takes a photo of it and it's not really clear just looking at the photo what it is. Does that, is that something that you see often where we'd have to actually like seal the sample and sample of the defective product and send it to the client? Yes, for a lot of these type of products, there might be some unknown issues on the product service itself. A lot of clients, they need to make sure these type of issues are clear what these are. Uh, so later on, maybe they can work with the factory to fix the root cause. But when we encounter these type of issues and the photo is not very clear of what these are, then it's our standard to sell the samples. And then uh, it's up to the client to decide if they want to see the actual sample or not. Right. And I think some of the problems that we run into sometimes if we don't seal the sample is there might be a particular defect the client's not sure about. And they'll ask the factory to send something representative of that. And the factory might send them something that's like less severe or not representative of how serious the defect is. So it's important that we sometimes like seal those if there's any question about as to how serious the defect is, just in case the supplier should send a sample to the buyer. Is that right? Right. Most of the suppliers are pretty good, but there are those not only in China, but all over the world who are trying to do one-time business, try to get you to accept this shipment. They don't care about future consequences. So if you have past issues with suppliers doing it this way, then you got to be really careful. This is a habit. Most times they probably don't even realize they're doing it, but oftentimes they would, like you say, try to switch out the defects with less serious ones. And this is why at InTouch, we have standard selling method. So if the box is template, you will know right away. 
Right. Your last point here, the third way or the third reason why a buyer might want to ship an order, even though it fails inspection, sort of due to on-site testing that might happen. So we, I guess we bring sort of our own on-site test to inspection that maybe the buyer or the uninitiated buyer might not be sure about, or they might not think is necessary. And sometimes an on-site test will fail and the buyer might not think it's that serious. Is that right? Yes, this goes back again to what type of information the client can provide. Based off our own technical experience, we can recommend uh, testing standards. For example, for cookwares, we can do oven testing. But the oven testing, if the client doesn't give us the requirement temperature, we will use our own technical experience and our own standards to do these testings. But this may be different from the supplier's testing standards. So this is where we got the issues between supplier and the client standards. This again, just back to the client, have to provide very clear instruction and standard of their testing requirements. Right. I think I can speak from examples myself as well, because working with a client now, we do inspections for, for wood molding and production monitoring there. And one of the onsite tests that is typically standard for this kind of product is coating adhesion on the finished product. And for some items, the buyer has said it's less important than others because there's sort of a powder coating that doesn't adhere as well. If they see us do the 3M tape test for adhesion and the coating transfers, they don't think that that's a reason to fail the item. So to your point, it's important that the buyer, the client provide us with expectations, very clear expectations and detailed standards for what kinds of tests, checks, inspection points, criteria, how to measure dimensions, all that stuff to make sure that we're looking at the product sort of through their eyes as much as possible. All right. Even for some of the AQL defects, there are a few different levels. For example, critical defects are those products that can harm the user. So this is an automatic fail that's pretty understandable to all suppliers, clients. Major issues are most likely the, that are not acceptable to a lot of people. And minors are usually appearance issues and not that big of a deal. And the defects itself, it really depends on the placement of the defects. We often see uh, the clients, some clients think that the defect might not be an issue because they are on, on somewhere the product where nobody can see. For let's take a furniture, a chair, for example, if you find a very small dot on bottom of a chair, if all of them have this issue, that would be a fail. But I mean, most, most people, most clients wouldn't reject a shipment just because of minor issue like this. And I agree with that too. It's, it's the minor defects that are the ones that usually come into question when a shipment might fail for, for finding too many of those minor defects. It's really the responsibility of the buyer to say, is the black dot on the bottom of the chair acceptable? It's, it's a minor defect. Will it, will it make the good unsellable? Will it raise the return rate for that item? It's really at the buyer's discretion. So it's their choice on, about whether or not to ship the goods. So that really comes into the conclusion about for your article here and, and the, the episode here today. And that is ultimately who judges the results of the inspection and who makes the decision about shipping the order. Right. Again, it's always up to the client to decide if a shipment is acceptable or not. Our third party inspections, our reports and the results are just a reference. 
we can be your eyes and ears in China, but the final decision on if the products are sellable or not, it's up to the client themselves. Right. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. It's totally up to the the buyer to make the decision. And the inspection reports themselves are mainly for reference. They help to really give the clearest picture of the order and, and allow for transparency. I think we'll wrap it up here with this. And I want to thank my guest, Chow Wang, for joining me for today's episode. So thank you, Chow. Thank you, John. And I want to remind our listeners to check us out on Facebook, follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter. Check out our YouTube channel. There's some videos there, including some interviews with experts and some on-site inspections. And if you'd like to get in touch with us directly, you can drop us a line on our company website. That is www.intouchquality.com. Thank you.